Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape room. We are live this week, or maybe not if you're listening to this after the fact, with David and Lisa Spire of Room Escape Artists for our annual, like, end of your chat. This is the first time that we're making this live because we always have a chat with Lisa and David. Yeah. You know, we just want to call them up, talk about life. Sometimes I chase them through the country to see if I can find them in various cities. And then Do you make, we do you have... make them like your, their Are own San Diego, Diego game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing the wrong hat. <laughs> oh, next time then. If you can wear a cool hat like that. That'd be if amazing. we can make a Carmen San Diego style game in which you have to find David and Lisa based on the escape rooms you've got they've gone to. Whoa, like, you know, whoa. you find you, People you find will be searching about. forever. Yeah. Oh my Not goodness. this year. No, Pretty easy to find us. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that. Anyway, welcome, David and Lisa. I guess we should introduce ourselves as well. I'm Amanda. I'm Errol. And I'm Mike. Oh, it's, it's even more terrifying because I can't see Mike's video right now. So I'm like, is it just... Oh, that's dead? right. Because you have Lisa and David pinned. Yeah, I do. Uh, I have them pinned. The only, we could also just spotlight them too, if we want. Mm, spotlight, spotlight for everyone. Wow. There you go. Oh, now we look really big on our screen. <laughs> make, make it, yeah, maybe make I won't stop. do that. That, that might be confusing for you. Sorry. There you go. That's better. I made it better on our end. So before we, we, uh, hmm? Oh yes. So Errol's already like, hi everybody. Uh, so before we, before we get into the chat and we properly welcome David and Lisa. Um, just a little bit of a quick spiel beforehand. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we have everybody on mute. Um, we are recording this as well. So if you're uncomfortable with your face being on the internet after the fact, uh, you can stop your video now. Uh, and if, if you if you forget to and afterwards you're like, oh no, you can always email us and you can fix that too. Um, but the, it will uh, be hard as video just pops in and out because then it'll be just like a whack-a-mole trying to find my <laughs> <a toy> sensor. <laughs> Very true. Very as, true. As it moves around with people yeah. coming and going. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you're on the internet now. Okay, that's that's, that's maybe a is. more accurate thing. <laughs> um, we will be talking with David and Lisa just, you know, um, about various things for about the first half of this, for first half hour. and then Like, we for example, are those matching earphones that's REA colors? Yes. How could you tell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had those for a couple of years now, I think. Right? We have, but we've we just, never we just buy everything in, in, in Rhea blue. But now that we have the sweatshirts, they stand out more. It yes. really, it, the, the, the really hoodies really make them well, pop. Yeah. Oh, or maybe <laughs> it's the other question. way around. I don't know. So we we pronounce it Rhea. I didn't know that all Ooh. this time. It's it's a thing. We, so we we've been calling it that on our own for ages, and then we were on one of our live streams with um, with our Patreon supporters, we, we we said it, like, casually, assuming that we had said it publicly before. Apparently not. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and, and kind of just, like, blew people's minds. I know. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that. <laughs> yeah. It's much shorter. Mm -hmm. yep. R-E-A or R-E-A. Yep. I always say R-E-A. Yeah. Well, you know, funny story, actually, about that is Way back when we all played, not all of us, but Amanda was there, we played Prison Escape, 
in the mm. Netherlands. Oh yeah. And in the prison escape, they do this whole long intro. And one of the things that happens in the intro is the photo op. And so you, and I realized that they had gotten us all dressed in costume. And I realized that the photo op is coming and we're supposed to put our name on that thing. Yeah. So I wrote Rhea as my name because then I was like, photo op, I'll be I'll have it for marketing. But then that was my character's name the whole time. Rhea. So I needed to pronounce it and tell all of the characters in the game like what to call me. And then that's that's where that came from. There was a baby for like a second. Yeah, so Mike and Gwen came into the picture. So our unofficial fifth diva uh, is around. Yeah, <laughs> there's Ruby and Gwen. Yay. You know, Gwen was smiling until she looked at you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the case. <laughs> I'm sure you have to like that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, I hadn't quite finished, but yes, uh, you, if you have a question, you can use the chat. Arrow will be moderating those uh, and uh, we'll be answering them. Um, aiming for the later half of this podcast, but if it happens before, then it happens before. So, hooray. There's Errol moderating. He's in the chat right now with all caps on. Why is Puzzle Punks imaginary? What? Okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm the one that's moderating the chat. <laughs> you can, you be rest assured. I will okay, bring but I, no, you, I just, I just, I have the chat open. We can. Okay. Okay. It's all good. You just have to keep track if there's a question we haven't answered yet. Yeah. That was anyway. my question. You don't have to bring up my questions. Oh, okay. Cool. At any rate, welcome, David and Lisa. Woohoo! Thanks for having us. Welcome! Yay! Yay. We haven't had a podcast in, like, how long? Between you, uh, between Rhea. This is going to take a while for me to remember. Rhea. I'm going to have, like, a microsecond You can call pause. it R.E.A. Rubiscape Artist. We don't care. Live no, 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 no. I want to get it right now. Just like like Spira. I want to get it right. Rubiscape Artist is not wrong, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, although I do remember when we were talking to Nick Moran and he called us Room Escape Artists because, it, you know, yes. we... <laughs> <laughs> just he too did. many room escape things we should find other people who are like room escape bathrooms that'd be kind of cool room escape. What? that existed cool. briefly in san francisco <laughs> really? scrap had made an escape uh, an escape the bathroom uh a game at one point what? yes yes with toto toilets we must have we, talked about toto toilets yes, on the podcast uh we have yeah many times <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sorry sorry man pans you were leading us and I was, I was, I was changing things. I'm sorry. So we're, anyway, so, so Lisa and David, how, how are you two? I know that you've had a number. Are you drinking? Is that what's happening? Or yes. we're going to talk to Rediva's and we'll just start drinking. Every so. time you uh, change the subject, we have to drink. <laughs> we're going to be dead before this is over. Glasses. I think it's a little too tiny for, um, <laughs> for, for Harold changing the topic. If you want to get really drunk, wait, wait till he finishes. Like every time he doesn't finish a sentence, that's that's probably more common. Poor Errol. This, I just... this is probably true. So you have a number of things coming up, but I, I want to ask you about all the things you may have because you've done a number of things in the past year. Even though it's 2020 and there are all sorts of wonderful things happening this year, you still were able to accomplish 
So can you just give us like a Cole's notes of the uh, number of things that you've done just this year? Okay. Not like, you know, year for you guys. mostly, mostly this year we, we created digital recon. That was most of the year for us. Um, uh, we, yeah. we, 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 we started off the year, you know, playing a lot, uh, well, we started off the year, um, planning a tour. So we started with a trip mm. to Montreal to prep for the Montreal tour that got postponed. And then we went to Athens. We, we were so innocent and naive. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then we went to Athens right at the end of February, first couple days of March. So we started with actually quite a lot of travel this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then we came home and didn't leave the house at all. Yeah. We've, we've, Lisa has left the house like five or six times since March. I leave about once every seven to ten days uh but that's really about it we've played two escape games since we visited mystic in uh brooklyn and played both of their games during the uh the fall numbers lull and um that was that was our big adventure um it was it was super exciting their games are lovely and in between that we we made recon yeah we, <laughs> we did i mean i think we we did some other things as well you know besides like working and stuff right. but uh we we have the hive mind we have the hive mind we have octopus there's, there's actually been a bunch of other things mm -hmm. yeah. uh, virtual escape jams yep we've had some other events yeah so, so yeah we uh, go go for oh it. no 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 i i think octopus came as a, not so much as a surprise but i remember you talking about octopus so we were alluding to it a while ago it, we've been working on this thing for ages and um we're finally like launch ready i'm just waiting on a on an end user license from our lawyer. Um, but uh, <clears throat> basically, Loctopus is a separate company from Room Escape Artist. We've made a, um, a codeless builder for making spoken word escape games on Amazon Alexa. Um, we've been working on it for ages. Um, so long, in <clears throat> fact, that anybody who came on our uh, San Francisco tour way back whenever that was, uh, played an early demo of the demo Ooh. game. Yeah. Um, we, we had been running beta tests like a year and a half ago. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, things got, that, that, that got kind of tabled a little bit because of recon, but that is ready to go. Um, Nick Moran uh, and some of the ex-Time Run folks um, are, they put out their game Spectre and Vox um, on Kickstarter. That is running the the digital UI for it is is actually being built in Loctopus, um, nice. which is a bold experiment. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and uh, yeah, we're just really excited about it. What's cool about it is it can handle full voiceovers. Um, so the game you can build the games with with without writing a single line of code using Alexa voice um, and Alexa sound effects and things like that. Um, but you can also, um, again, codelessly add in voiceovers um, and make the game you know, partially or fully voiced over. Um, so, so like a dummy like me could, could make a game you using could, this? You could write an entire game without writing a single line of code. Oh, ho, ho. And um, yeah, we've, like we've beta tested it into oblivion, uh, which is part of why it took so long. We've rebuilt the whole thing three times. <laughs> um, 
and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to, to finally launch uh, uh, and cross a whole bunch of things related to it off of my to-do list. <laughs> well, will awesome. it really ever be crossed off? Probably no, not. they just replicate. It's a Hydra, but but but, but don't take this away from me, Errol. <laughs> it's a Loctopus, the many arm. Also, the the um the logo it's is super cute, super adorable. I told our graphic designer Janine um, before she when I was when I when I was giving her in, you know a creative brief, w- one of the sentences in there is that um, it should be cute enough that if this is successful, we could sell stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, smart! Going the George the Lucas store, route. Add it to the merch store. Merchandising. <laughs> <laughs> It makes sense. Nice. Awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And I bought my copy of Spectre and Vox, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to commanding a game with my voice. That'll be very a very different experience. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited because, you know, you live downstairs, and now I can see your table dominated. It's going to be yeah. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think your family would be a fan of you... Uh, dominating the one of two tables in your house anyway yeah so uh, like so on top of that so you did recon this year which was a big success um i'm sure i think everybody in this chat right now was probably there and i think the the general word that from everybody around like every time we talk about recon we talk about how professional it was how uh, well organized and and fun um i've been to a couple like I mean, by we're we're nine months into this pandemic. I've been to a few virtual conferences now, and by far that was the best one. And yeah, so congrats! Thank I'm just you. gonna say congrats to you guys for for pulling that off so quickly. Oh my goodness! Well, it, it was a team effort. Yeah. We had a yeah. remarkable team of people with us to yeah. make that happen. We, we had the team, and then we had the army of volunteers, and then we had all of the people who created talks like yourself. Um, and just like it was it was such a community effort and and it was the community itself that made it that, that made it fun like honestly the the a couple days before my nightmare was that like we had like we had built this crazy thing and no one was gonna be there um that was like that was really i, I was i was so worried about it <laughs> Oh my God! I, I I know there were many sleepless nights and uh, many uh, a lot of testing going up to the up to the day and yeah, it was very very well done. So for uh, now that hopefully hopefully this pandemic will be behind us for the most part by the time next summer rolls around. But are you are like as of now, Recon twenty twenty one is still a thing. Yeah, Recon 2021 is happening for sure in some way. Um, whether it's it, yeah, whether it's digital, whether it's in person, whether it is both, who knows? We don't like I, the crystal ball officially broke at the end of February. Um, so, so we we just keep planning for all eventualities. We're we've been in the process of completely rebuilding our digital infrastructure. Um, so that we have something a little bit more sustainable. Um, and, and as soon as we have a little bit more direction on what it will look like for 2021, then of course we're going to 
start sharing that everywhere with everyone. <laughs> yeah, but we haven't. We we've decided not to like aspirationally start like promoting the hell out of everything because it just feels like it just feels ridiculous. Um, being like, oh, I guess everything's going to be great. Like, I don't, I, we just don't know. I think we've so learned we're, our lesson by now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We're, we're, we're just trying to, we're, we're trying to approach it with a, you know, as, 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 as rationally um, as we can. And we're just going to, we're going to play the hand we're dealt. Yeah. That's, I think that's, I think that's a good, healthy mindset to go into this with. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, it would be awesome to go and travel to to Boston or or somewhere. I I don't know. I'd like cool you know, if like, you're, It'd be cool if you're if the border was open between our countries. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> That's true. I think I could deem this essential travel. I think I could. <laughs> My brother works at the border. Maybe I could pull some string. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I guess my my brother turns away people every day at the border. Who don't still don't know that tour tourism isn't a thing anymore, um, <sighs> and and they made these big plans to come and see Niagara Falls on the Canadian side, and, and then can't. Uh, so I, I'm guessing that your your brother would be one of the rare border agents who, when 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 asking us why we were crossing the border, and we said escape rooms, didn't you know interrogate us about what that was? No, he wouldn't because he. Would <laughs> He knows what they are because of me, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's it. He still hasn't played one, but he knows what they are. <laughs> yep. So, uh, as well as as recon, so with I mean, with all the stuff that happened this year, what other things are coming down the pipeline for for Rhea? I think the hive mind has been a huge focus, and 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 also we we have a podcast coming. Wow! So officially, we're going to declare the blood feud. Uh, we're going to—we're uh, we're, we're never going to be able to talk again. Well, that's right. That's right. We have a—we—we we have a—we're fighting. We have drama yeah. between us. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna—that's gonna be you a know, thing. I was hoping you'd be the bigger man and just not either mention it or just cancel it altogether. But <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Drama. Fine, Drama. we can have another Room Escape podcast. David and I are fighting. Yeah. David and Errol are fighting. Could yeah, for most sexy podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> wow. Awkward it's, silence and soon uh, all over the internet. <laughs> it's his I'm mustache. Not, I, I cannot rival your abs, Errol. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, everybody's already voting for David. Man, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's exciting. Yes, you are having getting a new podcast and I'm re- I'm actually really excited to hear it. And anything else you can tell us about it or are you keeping a lot under wraps? No, the there's there's really not a lot of secrets here. So the um so um it's actually co it's it, my co-host is not Lisa. Um my co-host is PG Law, who is hosting um, the Q and A's during Recon, and is also a two-time Survivor player and all that. And um, after Recon, I kept getting messages from people being like, "This was like the, this was like the teaser for the for, for the for the the Rhea podcast, right?" And I was like, "I don't know, maybe." Been thinking about doing it for years, and uh, so I asked 
Lisa wanted no part of hosting a regular podcast. <laughs> I, I have no time. No, no, that's yeah. that's the wiser I, choice, Lisa. I uh, I completely understand, and I Errol's have a high been mind. Errol's yeah. been very helpful this this year for us, like because I went back to school and he's been picking up some of the editing duties now, for which I've been eternally grateful. Uh, but it's it's no, a it's, lot. It's it's a lot to it's take true. on. It's true. And I I love editing writing, and I don't love editing audio. I don't audio is is not my medium. Um, but David's been really excited about audio and podcasting for a long time. So, you know, PG was the right co-host for that. Yes. And yeah, so we have our first. We've recorded a few episodes. Um, we're we're getting a few ready so that we have a little bit of a lead time, and we're going to do them in in seasons. Um, and uh, yeah, so our, our first guest is uh, is going to be so the podcast is called the Reality Skate Pod. Nice. Um, and um, it, the first guest is Alan Lee, who Ooh. is um, oh, yep. the uh, one of the creators of Exploding Kittens and a whole and all of those games. Um, he's also one of the he's one of the people who like created the ARG as like a concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, he's done like everything. Um, and, uh, we were just like finding out about things that he did while we were interviewing him. Uh, it, <laughs> that it just shows, podcast. David, <laughs> that you didn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. were shocked at all the things Lee, oh Elon. Yeah, like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's usually how it goes on our podcast. We'll do a little bit of research and then all these things will come out during the interview. Yeah. We're like, wow. Yeah. We we didn't realize that he that he had been working on Survivor for like a decade. Oh, uh, really? Which which just blew PG's mind. <laughs> <laughs> so PG didn't know that either. Yeah. I figure, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. So it it it's it was it's a really it was a really fun conversation. Um and uh, yeah, so the the goal really is for uh, we're trying to bring in people from all sorts of stuff that it, parts of the immersive and gaming world that are tangentially or directly related. It's going to, you know, each episode is going to have a little bit of a different feel depending upon who we're bringing in. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, that's what we're, that's what we're doing. And, you know, it's a good thing that you, you got PG. I love PG. She's amazing. But you know, it would also would have been sad if you started to poach from other podcasts. It's like, Hey, Amanda, <laughs> want to join a podcast? <laughs> Drama. That's what we needed more in this industry is drama. Errol loves drama too much. I don't know why. I like watching drama on TV, but Errol doesn't like watching <laughs> drama on TV. He likes watching drama in real life. I don't know. I don't know. I like my drama to be fake, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I don't like actually seeing people fight. <sighs> Errol. And he doesn't have video, so he's probably looking all smug right now. But <laughs> no, no, I'm just smiling, just thinking of That's drama. Smug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's 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 weird. Um, that's a weird smile. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's really exciting. And so you have that. You have Loctopus. You have no wonder Lisa didn't go to co-host because it's yeah. like, yeah. On and, top of full time jobs too, and, I think. And then the hi the hive mind, which really is Lisa's baby, oh, yeah. is like just like like on fire. <laughs> I've been loving the hive mind. 
uh, I've been loving seeing the the different um, star ratings from different people, and uh, it really, I don't know, I, 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 I'm guessing maybe reviews have been done that way before, but I think I've seen it, like, occasionally on this one video website, but I find it just so much more useful to see the multiple points of view right there on the page. It's been so eye-opening for us. I think that, you know, we've sort of, um, over the years, come into a joint perspective, and of course we have differing opinions, but we we end up working together into an agreement of, you know, what we want our perspective to be about a game or about anything that we're writing. And it's really fun and enlightening to be free to say we have divergent perspectives and we're going to publish them all. It's really interesting. I love the differences of what stands out to different people, uh, what they all value in games. I think it's super cool when we get reviews that are just across the board. Everyone had a different perspective. And then we get other ones where I'm like, wow, okay, so we have five paragraphs that say exactly the same thing. Now what do I do? Um, <laughs> and it's, a, it's an interesting, like, as the editor and pulling it all together and figuring out, you know, what what stays and what goes and what order they get shared in. Like, it's a nice little puzzle to piece it all together based on what comes in from the different people. It's really fun. It, it was also, like, for me, the thing that I was hoping would happen, and we didn't really like, we didn't give a lot of instruction early on when we first started the the, the hive mind. We kind of were like, write in your own voice. Like, there is a like official like room escape artist style guide. We're not sharing it with you. Like, you are you. Write in your own voice. Um, if you don't like full sentences, that's okay. Right, and we you know we have we have. You know, oh, I'm people, in. Yeah, <laughs> whose whose approach is like really staccato, and you know, some people who are really flowery, and like it's it's all over the place. Um, some people who have structured what they write, and they always write in the same structure every time, and some people whose reaction is just whatever comes out of them at that moment. Yeah, it, um, always different structure. Like, yeah, like like we week one, Brett Keener sent us a message being like, I, "I've always really liked your plus slash minus, your plus and minus thing. Can I can I just use that?" And we're like, do, "You do you, buddy." <laughs> um, but what I what I've loved so much about it is, I I felt like we were, especially in like the enthusiast community, there there tends to be this like monolithic discussion about like what's good and what's bad, <laughs> um, and uh, from I think the hive mind has helped to illustrate that it's just not that clean. Um, that you know people have, you know, and sometimes these people are playing in the exact same game and have massively different opinions. Sometimes they're playing with different teams, and you never know what the reason is that you know that someone loved or didn't love. But there is a, you know, there there is much more of a spectrum of enjoyment than I uh, I think, uh, and, and I think that this has helped shine more of a light on that. It's also been really fun for us that um, we can let other people sometimes play the games and then we'll know whether we should play them. And I feel like we have been that for so long. It's like, we'll go explore so, it. It might be terrible. And now we have other people. So who you have someone to be to your that. filters now. To be- <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was so important to us this year because in the buildup to recon, we couldn't really play anything. We, we, we just didn't play. We were too busy. And to be able to spend the fall playing the things that the Hive Mind reviewers really loved was so wonderful. And it's something that we haven't really been able to do as players for a really long time. 
it was also really interesting seeing like when we went back months later and asked everyone like which one should we play some of the ones that people even loved um at, even at the time they felt like they had been eclipsed by other things or you know they may have been a little bit more of like flavor of the month um and that was really like that was really interesting for us as well where we like we saw games that people were like oh you like you guys all really love this should we check it out and they're like ah eh, you know you're you're already playing this one so i feel like you know you, you, that one's already done all the things that this one did but like better um in a way time moved so fast even though it moved so slowly but mm-hmm. in the game design for the online games um, and for what creators in this industry have done from the adaptations to the built fully for online or print and play or point and click or avatar, whatever they're doing, it changed so fast. Um, and that that was so exciting. Yeah. I think that was a, um, I don't know how Mike and Arrow feel, but I think that was a, a net positive from the, from the pandemic um, that's, you know, it was, it's one of the silver linings, I think, is that it, it forced or it made uh, designers think of other things to do to make their games engaging. Not that they weren't engaging before, but that, you know, it's, it's making people think a little more outside the box and it's, it's letting that evolution happen uh, a little faster now just because they were they were forced to reassess like what could make a game fun for people online versus in person i mean you think about the way that like people were learning from each other and like we've we've long talked about how escape room trends are regional and it's just because like you know people are playing each other's stuff you know call it copying call it inspiration i i don't really care um but that you know you always see these regional trends these regional patterns um and a lot of that is just because they're locked down to that. Like, you know, once you open up an escape room business, it's hard to travel often. So like you see, if you're playing, you're seeing the stuff in your area. With the online stuff, like you could just see it all. You know, a new game came out that was amazing and you could like, all right, I'm going to go play that. And then you could look at your own game and immediately say, well, you know what? I'm going to go and get a steady cam because that was way better. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, even even with the Turpicas <laughs> this year, it was great because I could we we could see the nominees on the list, and we could be like, let's go play them. Like it, it wasn't as restrictive. That I, way. I can I can say like as as board members for Turpica, we had talked about that, and we said, you know, let's get that list out earlier so that people as early as we can, so that people have time to actually go play and 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 rank these things mm-hmm. um, because they can. It's not like you know, oh well, you know, ha, you know, there's there's 20 games out of the Netherlands, and I'm not near there, so I'm not going to be playing or ranking those. Um, you know, with the online stuff, you were able to do that, and so we we were we tried to embrace that um, as much as we could. It's For certainly sure. been a, in a challenge in other ways too, though, with everything just being entirely accessible. I feel like the amount of content that we could possibly be choosing from is at times just overwhelming the amount of people who email us and they're like, will you play my thing? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't, you can't, you can't depend on your, Oh, we're not traveling there anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. Which has been, I mean, people have for years said, when you come to this place, will you play my thing? And then I say, yes, of course. And then I, and then I make a note. And then when we go to that place, we do play it because there aren't that many people from that place who have said, can you play my thing? But now it's like, can you play my thing tomorrow? It's like, <laughs> I mean, in theory, but I have a job. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
have a job. Also, like we we have like a monthly time at best on this stuff. Um, you know, there's just there's a process, and it's uh, hard. I and, and I feel bad too. And I and I feel bad when the you know it takes us months to play something, and then it takes us another month to put the review out. And um, you know, I want us to be able to to move faster and to see all these things as fast as things are changing. And I think that's a, it's certainly been an interesting struggle. It's been a change from how things were when things were in places. The, the, the other thing is that with the hive mind, we like Lisa puts like, puts a couple a couple days a week. She puts out like, these are the games that we're going to review and, and people choose to sign up. There aren't assignments um, mm. for the hive minders. People have to opt into it because, um, for the most part, we're all like we're all paying for these games ourselves. We're not really at, like, uh, and um, you know, some of the hive minders really like can't afford to play if they if they have to pay, so they're playing the free ones. Um, some of the hive minders, you know, uh, 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 over time have really t- um, developed tastes and or things that they're tired of. Um, and so we get messages from people being like, can you dispatch, you know, some of your reviewers to us? And like, I feel like people like, like Lisa is like the editor and she's running all of this, but she's not like, you know, J. Jonah Jameson being like, bring me a picture of Spider-Man. Like she's putting it out there. And there've been a couple of times where everyone in the hive mind has looked at this at a game and been like, I'm not interested in playing that. And, right. and so there's there is no review of that. And then it's still the creator that we're not reviewing. It's it. not like some oh. bat signal you put in the sky and Batman will will immediately yeah. show up. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen often. And like there are a couple of us who are are definitely like when when no one's biting at something like I will you now that recon is over I will usually jump in and play. Um, but um, but yeah, occasionally there there's a game where like there's just not you know people look at it and you know I don't know whether it's the style of game or the presentation of it on its website but people are just like frequently it's the price yeah sometimes it's the price yeah Yeah. the price will but yeah it could be it could be any of those things could Mm -hmm. be the it could be the topic also and just yeah like if you're not comfortable with that topic yeah are you sick of that topic if you're just sick of it great this is a great other just like no one's interested in playing another zombie game yeah (laughs) certainly not now oh (laughs) Uh, so we're just, uh, I'm just seeing some questions roll in. I'm looking uh, at the time, so I, I'm figuring uh, we can open it up to some Q&A now. Errol, yeah. do you want to? I mean, I'll just say to, to, to Austin, I, I don't think Gen 5. I think it's more like, you know, Gen like 8.432. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a step sideways rather than a step ahead. The, like... the, the question was, are remote games Gen 5? No. <laughs> 8.432. I love it. Yeah. Uh, with, with that level of, of, of precision. <laughs> there are a couple other kind of questions. Hello, it's me. I am here, even uh, though... I was only going to answer the silly one. <laughs> 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 and uh, we have a question from Neil, and it's for the... Uh, and then I have a question, too, but look at me being nice. Anyway, it's like... Renee has one, too, I think, yeah. Oh, did I miss one all the way back? Oh, no. Or did they delete it? I don't know. Is it right? I can't remember. I I, I logged out for a bit, too. So maybe, anyway. um... Oh, they might have deleted it. Oh, no, no. There is one that's saying a comment from Renee. It's helpful for designers to see different options from players. Okay. uh, Which is true. But then, and then there was a topic that seems really long from Darren Miller. So I'm going to leave it for a bit. 
I, I, no, no, no. It's not. A, it's not, Darren's looking. What are you talking about? No, no. A there's possible a possible topic. topic. Not a, not I think a... it could go on for a long discussion. So I'm just going to yeah. have for Emil's question. Actually, you know what? Why don't you ask it yourself? Take You're it there, back. Emil. Maybe I'll let you unmute yourself. All right, I'm unmuted. Uh, nice to meet you guys. I'm Emil. Uh, Likewise. Harold. See you guys again. Um, yeah, so the question I had is, um, I completely agree. I think it's awesome um, that the creativity that the you know, escape room designers have had, you know, pivoting to virtual experiences um, and completely understanding that virtual experiences come with limitations. I'm curious from what you guys have experienced, you guys have reviewed a lot of them, what is like the most common mistake or obstacle that you, you as players have to overcome when, um, when, 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 when you're experiencing these escape rooms? It, specifically the digital ones or the, like the, the various online adaptations? Uh, any kind of digital virtual cool. uh, adaptation. I mean, I would say that the biggest obstacle is not taking into account that the medium has changed and saying i'm going to translate the super awesome thing that i made to be played in person by you on the internet and i have a lot of ideas for how to do that but not thinking about what is the player experience over the internet and it can be as simple as like you know that puzzle is super fun to do but it's not fun to watch the avatar do or the game has a lot of searching and the searching could be really fun and important but it needs to be redesigned so that it's actually accessible over the screen so for games especially for games that have been translated i think that's the biggest issue that we've come across uh, for for me personally the like the poison pill is is um motion sickness, um, really shaky cams. A game has to be freaking amazing for me to be like, okay, I, you know what? I, I love this in spite of the fact that I, I feel like I'm going to go vomit. <laughs> uh, like, like Project Avatar is one of like the, the like few games where I was, you know, I finished and I was like, I feel awful. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> There was another game we played where David went and lay down for five minutes in the middle of it and came back. Yeah. Um, it was a really cool game, and it, and it had been well translated in so many ways, but the camera was so shaky, mm -hmm. right? And the lighting was not well done for um, for us to see it over the screen. That was a challenge, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, lighting is a big thing. I think just steady cam in general, like, it, you know, it when you see someone like like the game is just like oh, a game hold. master doing this like <laughs> yeah. you know like even if they just got a gimbal for for their iPhone like yeah. that would be a substantial improvement it's you know it's a 100 150 dollar investment um but that like just a little thing like that makes such a huge difference and then the la the other the, the the other thing which i think is always plagued escape rooms is is play testing uh, and play testing with people who aren't your friends. Um, who will yeah, that's, that's a problem across the <laughs> across yeah. the mediums. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you're not play testing with people who don't care about your feelings and your success, um, then you're like you're 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 just making a big, big mistake. 
All my friends are quite happy to critique me for some yep. reason. My poor mom, she she uh, took a creative writing course a couple of years ago, and I just read, she finally, finally had the courage to send me a couple of her pieces that I started like giving her criticism back and just like constructive criticism. And she went, oh, why did I give it to you? I don't want to hear this. <laughs> like, oh, then go give it to your friends if you want to hear something nice. <laughs> I told you yeah. what I liked. Now I'm telling you what, you what I've enjoyed. Like. Errol here, just in case nobody knows. Oh, like... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've actually really enjoyed, and I haven't seen it that much. And I know it's hard because you'd have to employ two people. But when it's third person and not first person... That's Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's well, like, like the beast is amazing. Yeah. And that, yeah. the, the, the way the camera person is, 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 is worked in and like, it's, it's such a cool experience when, because what you're feeling there is. And it's narratively justified. Yeah. In case. Yeah. But yeah. Like you just, yeah. you feel the intentionality and that's what I think is sometimes missing. Um, and this is, this has always been an issue. This is, you know, whether call it whatever you want, you know, whether it's Scott's ask why, or, you know, like, there's often just like this, this gap of intentionality, like, well, the puzzles are there because the because there's supposed to be puzzles there. <laughs> or the camera is there because I functionally need to have a camera there. Um, you know, that's, um, that's like, I, I, that kind of stuff just goes so it, it makes such a big difference. Yeah, and I think uh, another note on The Beast, which was kind of my note on what I like, uh, or some of the mistakes I see made in, in the online rooms, is also sound quality. And one of the things I really appreciated about, we have only played The the Exorcist so far, and was the dedicated microphone <laughs> on the actor, uh, so that no matter where he was in the room, you were still getting the same sound quality. Uh, it wasn't the tinny phone recording, uh, and it wasn't echoing. Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't shuffling of, of things that was drowning out his voice. And Can you tell that we're podcasters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's 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 funny because like we're talking what we're talking about is baseline infrastructure for for what it amounts to a digital production. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's like that's that's really so much of it is that, but like. But but to like to that to that point of um of the beta testing we we gave a, the hive mind gave a game I didn't play it pretty resoundingly negative review and we got um and they didn't want to like the whole consensus of the group was like this wasn't bad they actually asked me if they could not review it um in this particular oh. situation and I said no because. <laughs> Came down. Oh man, you should have just called me. Oh, I will put out a review if he. <laughs> they, they don't like to give negative reviews. Oh, Some I of them, in particular, really feel uncomfortable giving negative reviews, mm -hmm. um, and they they know that comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't like it either. We don't, yeah, this particular creator had reached out for us to review this game, and I wrote back with my standard, uh, which is is for a new creator that has a brand new game out i always confirm is it ready <laughs> like are you right. selling tickets already we're not play testers and we go through a whole spiel about how we're not play testers because we also get asked to play test a lot and we will recommend play testers if someone comes to us and they're like i you know i i, I haven't play tested it we'll be like here are some people yeah. who you know who who will be able to articulate you know, play this game give you good feedback and articulate it to you 
Yeah. And so, and, and they, they said, no, we're ready. And they had a whole press release and they you know, their marketing was saying, and they really want us to play. And we said, and so the hive mind went and played it. And a couple of them took a risk on this game because nobody knew anything about it. And it was new and there were no reviews yet. And, and, and they didn't want to review it. They had so many critiques and. Oh. But when we sent the when the review published and we sent it to the company, they wrote back being like, "We, you know, we, we, you know, our our six play testers loved it," and we were like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> was it your mom, dad, uncle, and grandparents? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, and you 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 wrote back. You're like, I, you know, I, like I wouldn't put this out to to paying customers until you've run it by like you know minimum like forty people. I had to put a number on it. I don't know what I said, but I had to put a number and be like, six is not the number. Yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> that you got this review, but we're not playtest. Like if you're brand new to this and you have no gauge and you've never done this before at all, like you got to run it and run it and run it and run it. And that the company was also disappointed that it took a couple of weeks after the team played for that review to publish which is very typical of us because they had made updates since then but they were selling tickets at full price that was play testing with full price customers oh. and it just was a, a disconnect there i think they didn't understand they were like we're still iterating you know this review came out we've already changed some of these things well okay but like i, I tried to confirm that you were you were done. You were selling tickets. You'd stop playtesting before we sent reviewers. Anyway, yeah. day in the life. <laughs> oh, day in the life. So we have a couple other questions here. We have. Should we do yours first, Daryl? Oh no, no. Let's let's bring up Darren's question. Okay, Just we'll bring up Darren's question. So, Darren, do you want to bring up your topic? I can take you off mute. I actually don't remember which one I asked, but the first one I asked was that I thought a topic for an interesting article would be uh, a retrospective on how the um, market has changed uh, for the virtual games. In other words, how they learned, what they've learned, what they've put into play. You talked about some of that stuff as you went. Um, I don't remember if I asked a different question as I went. I think that would be a really uh, great article. Actually, I think you would yeah, like to write that. Yeah. I, I think I think what I'd like to do with that is maybe reach out to a few of like the 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 top tier creators in the digital space with maybe like a survey, and and get some get some thoughts from them about like what you know what were their you know what assumptions they they had early on that that just kind of blew up in their face and what they learned from other people and I feel like we could do something really interesting with that. The second thing you brought up, Darren, was uh, that a uh, game often has ambient or triggered sound effects that aren't distinct enough for an online space. That was, yeah, and that I, was... I completely agree. In fact, I hate it when people play the ambient music still in the background because all I hear is a very tinny, whistly sound that might be music, uh, <laughs> but it certainly isn't coming through the phone. Yeah, that wasn't so much a question so much as an agreement with what was being talked about this Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that all of that comes down to like it's it, it comes down to testing, and sometimes like I, I just want to go and like grab an owner and be like, look, you go play your game, like <laughs> sit down, sit down the way that I did, you know, get a few of your friends, you know, have your game master go and run it for you, and like take notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to punch your screen? Then maybe right. you need to revisit right. this. 
you know, was 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 the bit rate too low? Was the sound was the sound quality bad? Was there competing were there competing sounds? Were you, you know, gonna throw was, up? Right. Was the lighting so bad that you couldn't actually see the puzzles, or the, was the you know the writing on the on 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 some puzzle piece so fine that it didn't come through on the camera? Did you alt tab to Facebook and had a better time? Yeah. <laughs> Errol knows about that. Yeah, but. That's a, I think that's actually a real risk and a real interesting risk that is a part of this. When you when you go do in person entertainment, you, um, you know, you you certainly can be that person in the room who takes your phone out. You can be that person at the restaurant or the bar who takes their phone out. But there is, in most cases, a social stigma to that, and and also it's it's obvious. Um, with these online experiences, the you are competing against every notification from every internet communication method in the world. Yes. Um, and, and you truly are competing against that because people do still have all of that open. And if someone sends them a Facebook message, it might be more interesting than your game. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, we have a question from Austin. Uh, Hello, I don't know Austin. if you would like to ask it in person, Austin. Sure. You guys hear me? Yes, indeed. Perfect. Where do we where do you feel that we are as far as sensitive subject matter in escape rooms? I've seen a few more recent reviews of games like uh, I think it's called Eliza's Heart <laughs> and the jury game that you guys had played or uploaded that try to perhaps push the envelope as far as social commentary. I should also add that I'm going to be working on a design or currently working on a design that incorporates dark subject matter and want to know where we are as far as that's concerned. Thank you. I mean, it's it's a it's just complicated. Um, there have actually been a, a lot of conversations you know, recently on our Patreon channel um, in different parts of the community about things like content warnings and and um, and, and the most recent round of conversation there was actually brought on by um, many of us playing Errol's game, which I think is genius. I, I think Present Quest is. I, I, I have told Errol that I, th I think it is. I think it is a game as art. I think is. Mm -hmm. I think he is a genius, and I also think he's a bastard. Yes, um, that is an accurate. <laughs> that is an accurate summarization of Errol of who Errol is. Um, a genius. Yeah, I, I I absolutely love that game. And when I was giving, I gave a sixty second summary of it to Lisa, and she teared up. Um, <laughs> I I told Errol that I would use his game as an example of here's how you can tell an effective story within an hour. Uh, yeah, and, for sure. And like, I, I also yeah. think like you know the stuff that like. Man, you know, Amanda, that you were talking about in your recon talk about character development was on like a, a aggressive display there. Like, yes. <laughs> I, I think it yes, is. It I, I think it is the best character development I have ever experienced in any form of escape game. Um, yeah. I, 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 I cannot think of anything that even came came close. And a lot of that was just the amount of opportunity there was to engage with these characters. Um, or have them talk at you, uh, whatever it was. Um, it, I, I, even the characters that I was not interested in, I was interested in. Um, 
But that all built up a level of emotional connectivity that like when when it got when 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 it when the game went to stab me in the heart, like it <laughs> it, it 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 got it got right in there. <laughs> before we yeah, before we go any further, that so for anybody listening, and Errol can probably explain this himself as well, but Errol made a a digital escape game for a game jam um, for using adventure on uh, which is a which is a cloud-based um, game maker basically it, you can make a text-based adventure game with it and so he made kind of a more escape room based one and called it present quest and it was meant to be it had to be Christmas themed I think that was the rule uh, but Errol do you want to explain how you stabbed us in the hearts because that uh, that was no in case somebody else might sw- I mean Actually, the interesting thing about actually maybe maybe I'll be able to turn on my video now. It was for a Christmas jam, and I wasn't planning on entering the Christmas jam, but then an idea came into my head and thought, "Oh, hey, you know, I've got so many things. Let's pretend to be David and Lisa and just throw another thing on it." And so I just decided to make a game, see what it's like, and it's a little pixel art game. And I did want to see if I could find a way to marry puzzles with narrative. And for me, as as David said in regards to Manpan's uh, Manpan's presentation at Recon, characters are very important. And so I was trying to figure out how can I make people care about the people they're talking to in a game. Anyway, uh, what brought this up though with Austin's question is that one thing that we had discussed a lot was on content warning because I didn't want not knowing what the game was going to do was is 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 very effective when it when when things happen yeah. like when Dave gets stabbed in the heart but i i didn't want to like totally spoil that but at the same time i understood that this might be a bit too much and a lot of people were, a lot of, there was a lot of debate do i add content warning or not and i wasn't against it i just didn't know how and I, I, I was remember reading on the Facebook enthusiast group because Dark Park has something similar with their Dear Santa game about content warning. And somebody said on there and somebody recommended to me in the Discord is like, why don't you just have a content warning for anyone so that you can go in and then you can see, oh, is there going to be, oh, I don't know, uh, suicide in here and then they could select it and then they can say oh no there's no suicide in here that's really the only thing I'm worried about let's continue playing the game and that way I hope that maybe uh, that would help kind of keep the surprise a bit as well I, I think the way that you built it was really awesome and and Austin I would, I would highly recommend taking a look at what what Errol did um, for a few reasons. One is I think yeah. the content warning structure was really good. At the same time, I have to be honest with you. I didn't realize, like I, I, I didn't, I, I poked around with the content warnings, but I had already decided I was playing this no matter what was going to come up. I probably wouldn't have thought or realized that this subject was one that was like going to hurt me the way that it did. <laughs> Um, and I and I don't I'm I, I, when I say hurt like I don't mean that like I, I I'm a person who likes to feel feels like I love blues music I don't mind being like I I don't mind it when 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 things aren't you know like don't feel good in fact when they're done well I I love it and I love this game for the way that it 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 it, it made me hurt um but 
I don't think if I had read every branch of your content warning, I don't know that it would have even registered to me that this was going to hit as close to home as it did, uh, which is one of the which is one of the things that made it interesting. But I also think that that's probably enough to allow people who are like who have a particular trigger to go and opt out. Like if if if, yeah. if you are so acutely aware of something that you do not want to experience in your life in any way, shape, or form, I think you probably have a pretty good idea of what that is, and you you can you know it's up to you to look at it. Um, but another like hive minder who also this the subject matter was very close to home for her. Um, she, you know, she sent me a message saying like, if I, when, when people were talking about content warnings, like I don't take them, like, I, I don't take them seriously. She's like, her, her, like, she's like, I, I, I just thought that people were being dramatic. Uh, but if I had realized I might not have played it, uh, if I realized what specifically it was, I might not have played it. Uh, and, and that's again, due to, you know, personal experience there. Um, so I think it's, it's hard and it's hard for people to like, to, to, to self-select out. When it comes to like pushing the boundaries, my my question to anybody is how good at how good at this are you? How skilled are you at telling a story? How skilled are you at building those characters? How skilled are you at integrating those puzzles and those gameplay elements into what it is you're creating? If you are not skilled at it, the more risks you take the more likely you are to just have people feel pissed off at you and feel like you're just like you know, doing it for shock's sake. And if like, if that's, if that's what you want, um, like I, I, I love, I love comedy that pushes boundaries. I don't really have historically have like a lot of respect for, for, for people who are just like shock comics for shock comics sake. Um, I think there are ways to push boundaries that are, that, that are brilliant and artistic and make you think and make you feel um, and for me personally, I'm all for it. You will piss people off. You know, I, I have long said, I, I firmly believe that there is a way to create an escape room that is exploring something like the Holocaust and doing so in a way that is deeply meaningful. I, I think that there are the number of creators out there who would be capable of doing it are, you know, are, it's a teeny tiny number. And I think most of them probably wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because they, I, I think that the, the feeling they would have is that the audience wouldn't, wouldn't accept it. And even if their audience would, the broader world that is, you know, would look at it and just say, you know, without even, you know, understanding who did it and why they're doing it and how they approached it, would just say, like, this is just categorically a bad idea and, and, and we are against it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I, I have a post out that I put wrote a, a few years ago about dealing with po like like politically sensitive subjects, and I put together a few rules in it that I still stand by. I think that those rules could be broken, but I would say, you know, it, a lot of this just comes down to how much have you honed your craft. And I think it, you know, you could also take Scott Nicholson's "Ask Why" and apply it to, yeah, why are you telling? the story or why why pursue this subject matter i mean they've you've done this like films have done this for decades now video games have really broken through the ice of taking on subject matter like like tougher subject matter um and usually with them it's the creators have a very personal reason or have a very specific reason of why they want to tell that story and i i think that 
that helps. And yeah, if you're just telling it for shock value uh, to say like, I want to do it because I just want to push boundaries, then it's not going to hit nearly as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's easy to go and it's easy to shock people. It's easy to piss people off. It's easy to make people feel uncomfortable. It's hard to make people feel angry or uncomfortable and also feel like they're, they're gaining something from it. That's, that to me is, that's, that's art. That's why, like, I, I, I think that Present Quest is, is, is genius, even, and it, 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 it is, is art, and I think it's genius, even if, it, even if it, it, it stung to experience it. Yeah, and I, okay, it's funny, because with Present Quest, I yelled at Errol. Pan swore at me for uh, an hour. <laughs> for several days, actually, because anytime he, like, first I had to yell at him, uh, you'll see at the at the end of my playthrough of it, because I did do a playthrough of it, you'll see, first, I, I laughed at the end of it, but I laughed because I was very uncomfortable and upset. <laughs> That's my coping mechanism. I, I nervously laugh at things, and, and you'll notice that I cut it off fairly quickly, saying, I'm going to go kill Errol now, and that's because Errol was literally at my door knocking on it, because uh, I just, you know, messaged him to yell at him. And I yelled at him for an hour after that. I yelled at him when he called his sister so that I could tell her my reaction to that. I yelled at him in person. I yelled at him at every possible chance I could get, um, including on the Discord, in our community meetups, everywhere. And then I left a comment <laughs> online on his itch, itch.io uh, account um, that was very praiseworthy, that pointed out all of the things that make this game wonderful. And then somebody messaged me after, Tammy Dorn messaged me after saying like, wow, what a, what a great friend. You hated it so much, but you left that lovely comment. I'm like, no, no, I loved the game. I really did love the game. Maybe I should make that more apparent. I just hate Errol for making me feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's how I remember I, I, I was, when I was playing Mass Effect 2 years ago, mm-hmm. it, it was the one time that the game ever made me regret a decision that I made. Um... I, I let someone live, and then immediately the game like made me feel like that was absolutely the worst possible decision that I could possibly make. And I like really got angry at the game for it, but it was a good angry. It was like yeah. it, it was a like uh, it, 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 there were consequences to the actions that uh, and, and decisions that I made, and that gave it meaning. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> Errol, making that game in twenty twenty, no less. Like here, yeah, a Christmas game that'll help me feel better amidst this second lockdown. And oh no, no, no. I made a com- and I appreciate your guys' uh, responses. I made a comment. Let's make a Christmas game and make people cry. That's <laughs> pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's. But 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 I mean honestly, if you think about like a lot of like the Christmas stories that have withstood the test of time, the stuff that like has has become cliche, like like. You know, like like, it. They're not happy stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of stories that uh, like that, and, and I think that 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 is a hallmark of 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 really amazing storytelling and character crafting. Um, but it's it's the kind of thing that like you 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 get there by by building those storytelling skills, by building those game design skills, and honing that craft and by expanding the, your tool set and your ability to wield those tools allows you to go and explore painful or ugly territory that's that's what makes it work 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so my, my advice to you would be pick something that is maybe, you know, allowing you to experiment with emotions, but maybe not the most visceral ones you want to experiment with. Figure out how you can get the reaction that you want out of people without it being a, you know, an over-the-top reaction. And that was what we were doing to take this back to Loctopus. When we were running beta tests of Loctopus, the, the game that we were, were testing out initially, and it'll, it'll get released, uh, was a bit of a, it was a dark comedy. Um, and the goal with it was to find out, can we elicit a broad range of emotional reactions from people? I wanted to know if the game, if a game over, delivered over Alexa could make people laugh could make people a little uncomfortable, could make people cringe a little bit. If I could get even like, and it didn't have to be a lot. Like I wasn't like, it wasn't, it's not gross. It's not like, there's not, there's nothing that's like, like really, really shocking in it. But there are moments there that depending upon the person and what their sensibilities are, you know, when, when we were watching the play testers and we did, um, you know, we would get those, you could see it in their face. You could see the, you know, the, the, the reaction. Sometimes they would vocalize it. Um, that was what I was looking for. And, and I wasn't looking to like, I, I don't want to make them vomit. I don't want to make them, you know, like quit. I don't want to make them feel, you know, like, like, like die laughing. Uh, you know, I, I, I just wanted to see, could we, could we get a laugh? Could we get, could we get those like just a little bit? Cause if I can get a little bit, I know I can get a lot. Yeah. Beta testing. Again, we've just uh, been saying this over and over again, but watching your beta testers is amazing. Yeah. It is so helpful, even just with the puzzles in my game. I had, I, think, I actually had, I didn't have 60, I only had 40. I only had 40 beta testers. I, I do, I, in my regular life, I do a lot of, I do a UX design for, for technology. And one of the things that I do is I, I, use, um, I use a piece of software called Silverback um, that when, when allows you to screen, it, it records the screen, it records the camera, and it records the audio of the user who's using it. It's just pure, like, unvarnished spyware, but they know they're using it. Um, and the reason that I do it is I take them through a script. And once they go through that, um, I ask them a whole bunch of questions about what, you know, was this easy? Was this hard? What did you like? What did you dislike? The truth is that most people don't know. And they don't know that they don't know when they're frustrated. But I can look back at the video and I can see very clearly at the moments where they look confused or they they look frustrated. Once they once people figure it out, they kind of like flush those memories. And especially if there's any kind of pride involved with like, oh, I'm good with computers. Of course, I wasn't confused, uh, which is the kind of thing that you end up dealing with when you're designing software. Is you have pride. Um, so I, I I go back and I look at it and. I, I use facial expressions far more often to, for me to identify the places that I need to improve upon than I ever use verbal or written or survey feedback because people don't know what they want, but like their face, their face tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> Especially bad. That's actually the re the original reason I, I recorded myself playing present quest uh, was <laughs> as a beta test aid for Errol and great. then I was like, oh, sure, I'll release it as a video or something. If it's fun, I'll edit out the bits where I, like, tell Errol all his spelling mistakes and stuff. <laughs> and um, and then, like, uh, and then I finished it. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm releasing this. Because... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, 
very much uh, watching people's faces as they're trying to solve something or gauging their frustration levels is a lot easier to do in person in some way than it is to hear after the fact. Or even, I think when I was watching another person test and they didn't even finish it, but they had a chat going and the chat was giving all these suggestions. Now, and I'm watching and we're like, oh, crumbs, none of these suggestions are right. I got to fix this puzzle. So, <laughs> oh, and it, it, it is kind of fun watching people doing this game jam because it still is a game jam and them waiting and, well, not waiting, but, you know, they left it till the end before finishing and then just submitted it and it's like whoa but with no beta testing and when it's games you absolutely have to beta test that thing <laughs> the the other thing I, I would also just generally recommend for beta testers or people who are running beta testing is like don't give or elicit solutions just find out what the problems are oh. like it, most of the time when i have played an escape room with an enthusiast and they have and we've like and they've unsolicited mentioned that a puzzle wasn't wasn't good to an owner which is not usually my favorite thing um in the first place but most of the time when i've heard someone like express like this is the solution that i would say you should do most of the time i'm standing there thinking i wouldn't do that that doesn't sound like a great idea um, but like, if you have a responsive skilled game designer, like just finding out where the problems are and letting, you know, like then let, let the designer figure out how to design their way out of, of the problem. And you, you have to have an eye. Oh, sorry, Lisa. No, I was just gonna say that happens everywhere. I mean, that happened, that happened in work today for me. And I also work in software and I was just like, just list the problems. Like, don't, yeah. don't try to solve them. That's not what this meeting is about. Just you were testing and just list the things you didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it, like going to the doctor, like don't like, don't diagnose the doctor, like just tell them the freaking symptoms, like let the doctor go. Uh, yeah. And, and, if, and if you don't like what the doctor said, go get a second opinion from another doctor. But like, like you're, you're not there to go animal. and decide Give what you have. One now. Yeah. And as a, as a tester or like, sorry, as a designer, you have to have, an iron will not to try to respond to too much to your beta tester. And I speak as a tester. So when I'm beta testing with Errol, cause they will, uh, okay, I'm the worst case scenario. I will bother you for the answer and look for any sort of feedback or clue to help me with the puzzle. And Errol is very good at ignoring everything or just or just being silent on everything and i would be like uh, i'm having problems with this he's like yeah oh you are <laughs> I'm like nothing else and i'm like i don't want it. he's like well why don't you think about it i'm like i don't want it you can just tell me the answer now and, and yeah i know and it's absolutely tortures for me but it's really important for errol that he not lead you in any way to the answer because he needs to know if i'll get there on my own uh yeah because as as a designer the reason you're confused is more is much more interesting than the what what you think fixes the solution like fixes the problem yeah like, very true 
Yeah, the reason that you're confused is the thing that is revealing that that's that's the problem. The solution is usually like not that it like uh, you know not that hard unless it's something that is like intractable because it's baked into the technology that you have and there's like a there's a hard limitation or like in a real life escape room like you know gravity or some other law of physics is you know intervening and you cannot change that. Um, for the most part, revealing the problem. And the conf- the point of confusion is 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 the magic. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the time, so uh, we're about an hour in, and I think we've we've answered all questions except for Errol's. So we haven't answered Errol's question yet. What's Errol's? Do you Errol's want to ask your question, uh, Errol? I, I probably forgot what my you question. You did probably was. already forget what it was. So I think you were asking. I will, I will ask a question. Okay, you you ask. What are people tired of? And I don't. Oh, that to... that is that is a fun question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you said zombies. What else are people tired of? Well, I mean, speaking for the hive mind. I mean, yeah, you're... speaking for the hive mind, there are a couple things. People are tired of uh, games that are. Uh, commentating on the now. Uh, some people don't um, have played a lot of maybe not so tasteful uh, pandemic apocalypse themes right. and don't want any more of that. Um, we also have a couple of reviewers who are really just um, done with, it's not a theme, it's a real life game translated by Avatar. That they've had enough of it. Um, either yeah. if it, if it's an avatar game, it needs to have been you know, designed for this environment to be played through an avatar, um, or, or very aggressively modified yeah. to make it feel like it was designed for this. So I mean, and because the hive mind, although it's called the hive mind, is is so many different people. I know that there are things, there are other things that like individuals are sick of, but those are the things I've heard from multiple people that they don't want anymore yeah and then you have just people's regular tastes some people love puzzle hunty type things some people want no part of it you know a lot of it and i think that's that's the 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 beauty of having a broader and more diverse line of products and opportunities is that it's you know there's just there's more for people to self-select into um, and it's something I think escape rooms historically have done a really bad job of where companies are like, the difference between our game is the theme. Do you want zombie? Do you want Indiana Jones? Do you want virus? Um, right. Whereas, or, or, or even worse, easy, medium, hard, because um, players don't know what their skill level is um, or which one is going to be more fun. Um, but I think like style of play um, type of gameplay, um, you know, do you want more collaborative? Do you want more competitive? Do you want more puzzly? Do you want more adventure? You know, like what, like, I, I feel like that these things have a lot more meaning um, and have allowed people in the, in the, you know, in the current times and with this current line of products to be able to go and say like, this is, this is what I'm looking for. And I'm going to play stuff that's in that realm. Whereas you were always just rolling a dice in escape rooms unless you went off and read all of the reviews or even can find reviews. What was your other question, Errol? Oh, well, it's probably a long question, so I'll just hint at it. When I, was, when I made Present Quest, I had two audiences, which was interesting for me 
because I had the I had escape room audience and they were comfortable with escape room type puzzles and even puzzle hunt audiences, but they may not have been very familiar with the text adventure interface. So I had to really, really had to really that really tutorial was great. That to yeah. make to make it work for them. But then I'd have the text adventure audience for the this game jam was for and they weren't really uh, they were actually having troubles with all the puzzles because they aren't they were unfamiliar with those types of puzzles and that was a hard that was a hard uh, balance to do so i think now my question is not anything to do with my game i'm just talking because i'm mm -hmm. a you know a narcissist it's more along the lines of do you think there are similar things with online games now that we have a completely different medium maybe a different I audience which is everybody for sure i mean even if you just look at like Zoom as default, like Zoom is default technology now because you know everybody's comfortable with it. I you know I can I can send a Zoom link to a relative who is terrified of their computer, and they will still manage to get into Zoom. Um, but if I <laughs> send a but if I send a dad. sorry <laughs> yeah but it, but if I send a, a a Google Hangout link or a Google Meet link. Um, which is basically the same thing, um, you know, that might elicit a level of, of, of anxiety um, that I, I don't want to deal with. Um, and so, like, I think that, that there are, the, the audience is broader in that you can reach anybody, but now you have, like, this, you have, you have these other hurdles and barriers and anxieties, and you have people joining in and, you know, my mic isn't, you know, the mic isn't working. The camera isn't working. You know, the mic and camera are working, but they can't hear you. It turns out their volume is down, but you need to be able to com communicate that to them. Like, you have all of these little problems that are now, like, layered on top of, and there's this, this level of customer service that has to be integrated into the onboarding of these games. Um, if that isn't smooth, the game is off to a terrible start. Um, you know, like, all of that is 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 so, it's it's just complicated you have you know you have the puzzle people who like most of the puzzles we've seen in these online games are you know as a puzzle person like they're they're trivial um they have to be and i'm fine with that um but then you have you know you have you have people who they're brand new to this and you know they're looking at they're looking at this thing that you know may as well be another language to them and that's that's always been the the struggle for escape rooms, but I think it's just more pronounced now. Um, I think you have language barriers because anybody could be from anywhere. Um, you have of all this different kind of stuff. It's it's hard. It's 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 so hard to design for a like general audience. Like there is no such thing as a general mm -hmm. audience. Designing True. for everyone is designing for no one. Yeah. Yep. I have a Zoom tip for people: don't private message them. If you are the game host, because then they will only be able to private message you back and might not know how to change it to everyone. <laughs> Happens all the time. And then it's like, why is nobody listening to me? You're just talking to me. Change it to everyone. How do I change it to everyone? Oh. Yeah. But, but it's like, you know, from a design standpoint, you look at just that decision alone and it, and it makes sense because if someone sent a private message, you don't want them accidentally responding to everyone. Uh, right. So, so you know, you look at that from from you know Zoom's UX team's perspective, and like that's the safest route that will prevent calamity. 
if someone is sending important or personal information, um, you don't want that to, to, to default to everyone. But then it opens up this whole new avenue of complexity and, and, and potential challenge. Absolutely. Well, we are almost at an hour and a half now, so we should wrap it up. But thank you so much, David and Lisa, for joining us once again for our uh, end of year chat. Um, I guess we'll have to make this a crossover episode next year uh, if if your feud can survive. Oh. If our feud. Can oh survive. yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. We will. Uh... Yeah. Right. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll have you on for a podcast fight. Yeah, we'll have an official podcast fight. Yes, it will be grand. And drama. The Rhea Red Smackdown. Yep. <laughs> and um, we're looking forward to 2021. Looking forward to recon in whatever form it's come about. Uh, looking forward to seeing more from Loctopus. Looking forward to seeing to listening to your podcast, and that's going to be super fun. Maybe not for Errol, but for us, yeah. And and we hope what? you'll tune into the Golden Lock Awards, also oh, coming yeah. up very soon. All oh, right, the Golden Lock Awards that. are coming yeah, up. Yeah, January second. January second, which is this weekend. My goodness, yes, at four p.m. Yeah. Eastern. Yeah, we really yeah. got to go write that stuff. I've written a lot. Of it. <laughs> it's going to be a busy weekend because also there's the Discord move. That's yes. right. That too. And we've got our fireside chat on we'll, the first. Yeah, there. we'll yep. also be fireside chatting. Yep. Without nice. a fire. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will also be there. I think Maybe we'll, we'll light a, a candle. We should light a candle. Yeah, we'll that will make it more authentic. We'll, we'll we'll light a candle for our fireside chat. <laughs> you need like a background or something with a. It could be a. We have a cryptex and a duck and a dinosaur. What more do we need? That's true. Set them on fire. I don't know. Um, <laughs> or not. <laughs> Justin would not be pleased. No, he would not. No. Although, if he can add can survive fires to his list of what the cryptex can do, <laughs> he might be happy. So, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, happy uh, end of 2020 to everybody here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today and for your questions. And we will continue with 2021 and looking forward to it. Woohoo! Yay. And I will having us. Yeah, I will talk us out. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts. Now, David is super huge on my computer, <laughs> just like this one. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. We love getting emails and have gotten better at answering them lately because we've been super busy in the fall. We apologize for that. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Errol is now bringing up the Inverse Genius page. Oh, you bring up Room Escape. No, we didn't even ask like, oh, Lisa crumbs. and David where they can we? find them. But this everybody is... here should know, honestly. Right. Roomescapeartist.com. Roomescapeartist.com. Please go to roomescapeartist.com to find all sorts of uh, fun reviews, recommendations, uh, holiday gift guides. I mean, it's still valid if you want to still purchase things for yourself. Uh, there's nothing about Totoro. Uh, are you just going to look up Totoro now as the as a, as a oh. nothing? All right. So you can't find if you want to find things about Totoro, just go to Errol's Facebook page. Oh, wow, look at that. There's things on eggs, though. So if you want to find out about eggs, you can absolutely go to Room Escape Artist and find 22 reviews, five high mind, five products involving eggs. I'm look at that. Really, 
I'm really interested to find out. What? what? what, is, what? I was like, wow, there's a lot about eggs here. Um, I, I thought. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, and yeah, so rubescapeartist.com. And that's, I'm sure, where they will make more announcements and posts about Recon and Loctopus. And, and I'm sure there's a place you could find Loctopus eventually, possibly. Oh, and and the Escape Jam, the next virtual Escape Jam is happening February 21st. February it's, 21st! It's called Total Escape of the Heart, and it's going to be romance and love themed. Oh boy, don't get Errol involved, he'll just kill everyone off. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently he can be the only happy person in the world. Um, that's his goal. Anyway, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, you can click the like button on the Room Escape Divas Facebook page. We do still have community meetups every Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We're not stopping those anytime soon, I don't think. And yeah, so come and join us there. Uh, As well as that, you can find us on, well, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can use the hashtag REDivas and hopefully we'll see it. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Woo.